Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. The problem is some people come in with legitimate needs and you've already categorized them as this because of the hundreds of stories that fall into that category. And so we become so numb and so callous and, and all this stuff. We need to be on guard for false teachers and false prophets and all that. You got to be on guard, but you can't lose love. That's the danger. That's the danger, is that we become so cynical and cynicism will always drive out love. When you look at society through a Christian worldview, it's easy to get frustrated and discouraged. Hardly anything seems to be following God's original design. But as Pastor James teaches us today, you'll learn that it's important not to let cynicism take over. God himself is love. He's called us to show love to the world, just as he has. And Pastor James reminds us that we must never forget the love part of the Lord's command. Even as we stand for truth and justice, love must always be a part. Now turn in your Bible to the book of 1 John chapter 4 as Pastor James begins his message, Perfect Love. One of these beautiful gifts that God gives us is that of restoration, which I think is needed within our community and especially within our times. You don't have restoration without the resurrection, right? And so that was kind of the bridge there. You don't have restoration. You know, how Jesus stepped into Peter's life after Peter had rejected and denied Jesus three times. And Jesus, post-resurrection, showed up in Peter's life and said, hey, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Okay, let's get to work. Let's get to work. You can't go fishing, Peter. I'm not going to let you throw it all away. There's work to be done. The restoration happened because of the resurrection. That's absolutely key. What we're going to look at today is is kind of around one of the greatest gifts. And that's, it it may sound odd, but one of the greatest gifts for us is the death of Jesus on the cross. Because if that had never happened, we're out. We're out of luck. I mean, there's certainly none of us that are good enough to get to heaven on our own merits or our own good works or anything like that. If he had never died, if that perfect sacrifice sacrifice had never happened, man, we're still slaughtering animals and hoping for the best. Kind of a deal. But the perfect sacrifice happened. And so what we're going to look at today is, is that this good gift is that of Jesus' death for us, but what we're calling it is perfect love. Greatest, a good gift from God is, and it's not love, it's perfect love. Because every good and great gift comes from the Father of lights who is above with whom there is no shifting or variation of shadow. That's James chapter 1, verse 17. Probably didn't quote it exactly right, but you get it, right? It all comes from him. And when God gives love, he doesn't just give love, he gives perfect love. And so that's what we're going to look at. So I would ask that you turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to talk about love. I love the book of 1 John. It's a beautiful little book. It's a great little book. It's written by the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's the label he put on himself. <laughs> you know, the disciple whom Jesus loved. 
you can read through 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and you can totally tell the, the similarities between those beautiful little letters from, I would call them Grandpa John, because this is towards the end of his life, and the Gospel of John that, that the Holy Spirit used him to write. I mean, there's so much similarities. In fact, we're going to see a ton of it here. But just so you know, that is who the Holy Spirit used to write this letter to believers that were going through difficult times. They were going through difficult scenarios. And here's Grandpa John, who knows how to come alongside the people within the family, we'll say, brothers and sisters in the Lord, and he knows how to put his arm around them, so to speak, and say, you know what? It's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. It may not turn out like we think it should. Things may not happen that we want to happen. But in the end, it all works out for the believer. It all works out for the believer. If your faith and your hope and your trust is in Jesus, I can tell you right now, whatever your circumstances are, it all works out in the end. Now, that's comforting, and then sometimes that's aggravating or frustrating. Because we're like, well, I want it to work out now. <laughs> like, that's cool. I believe that. I agree with that. But I don't want to walk through this valley. I don't want to walk through this valley. And, I, and if that's your, your heart or your approach to different circumstances within your life, I would let you know that you're not alone. Because I've echoed that same sentiment many times in my own life. Where the Lord leads me to a valley and I'm like, whoa, hold on. I don't want to go through this. And I'm going to be like that stubborn mule that I kind of am. And I'm going, to, I'm going to dig in my heels. And, and Lord, if you want me to get, you're going to have to drag me through this thing because I don't want to go through this. And the Lord would be like, well, well, don't you trust me? I do, but I don't want to go through that. Well, don't you trust me? I think I do. <laughs> I, well, maybe I don't. I don't know. Lord, can you just pick me up and carry me through this thing? And he's like, that's my intent the whole time. That was my intent the whole time. I'll get you through the valley. I'll get you through it. I'll get you through it. Sometimes it is like he's dragging us through it. Sometimes it is like we follow along with him, you know, and there's been times in our lives where it's like that. And then if we're honest, there's been multiple times where it's like, like that sheep on the shepherd's shoulders, he's walking us through something that we need to go through. Concerning love and this whole setup, this whole scenario with the, the book of 1 John, Grandpa John is kind of looking, you know, he's giving them heads up and warnings, and he's, he sets the tone at the, in chapter 1 where he says, look, this Jesus whom we've seen, we've heard, we've touched, he's a real guy. He was a real guy. He's not a phantom. He's not a spirit. He's not a hallucination. There was no twin. You know, I'm throwing out all these theories that were cycling around this time and in, in, in our day and age, too. John's like, no, Jesus was the real deal, and he was loving, and he cared about us, and he still loves us, and he still cares about us. So he, he's laying this foundation for these guys. Chapter 4, because I'm not going to cover the whole chapter, but the first part of it, verses 1 through 6, talk about, you know, the heads up for, like, false prophets and false teachings. And just to be aware of that, and, and this is why the, the latter part of this chapter really, really matters to us, because in our dealings with false prophets and false teachers and all the deceivers and all that stuff, we can become very callous and we can become very cold, especially as believers, having worked in a church for, for so long, the tendency for pastors, almost like cops, is because you become so like, you've heard all the stories, 
And you can become very callous to, and you know, somebody coming in off the street and you're like, okay, no, hold on. Let me tell you the story you're about to tell me because I've heard them all before, right? And that may be true. And maybe they are coming in trying to get like a free, you know, whatever and all that stuff. But then the problem, and I can speak from my own personal experience as a pastor, the problem is some people come in with legitimate needs and you've already categorized them as this because of the hundreds of stories that fall into that category. And so we become so numb and so callous and, and all this stuff. We need to be on guard for false teachers and false prophets and all that. You got to be on guard, but you can't lose love. That's the danger. That's the danger, is that we become so cynical. And cynicism will always drive out love. Cynicism seeks to replace love. Skepticism seeks to replace love. And we have to be on guard for that. And that's what John is saying here, because he gives them the heads up. He's like, don't believe everybody who claims to speak by the Spirit. Don't, you know, just don't take everybody for their word. You need to test the spirits. You need to be smart. You need to be wise. Now, however, love has to play a part within our lives. And that's where we pick up in verse 7 of chapter 4. I'm going to read from New Living Translation. He says this, Dear friends, or dear brothers, or dear loved ones, you can interpret it as that. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For what? For love comes from God. It's a good gift. It's a great gift. It's a supernatural gift. When we talk about the actual love that, that is being mentioned here, this agape love, right? This is a perfect love, is what it is. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that is, it surpasses all other quote-unquote loves. I mean, it, it's a self-sacrificing kind of love. It's a looking out for the needs of others type of love. It's a putting your needs last kind of a love in one sense this agape. And John is saying, we need to continue to love each other as a brothers and sisters. And I think this rings true within our world today because we're, it's weird, right? This is, these times are weird, especially in America, for sure in America, where even just the act of going to church can be seen as like, how could you do that? Why don't, don't you love people? You're like, yeah, I'm just going to church. Well, no, by you going to church, it's, you're making things worse. Really? And this is the world in which we live in right now. The rationale and the logic is like gone. It's gone. Where it's, it's almost being seen as, it certainly is being seen, not, not in every place, but it's growing that if you choose to go to church, that somehow you don't love humanity because then you're part of spreading this virus around and all this stuff. And yet there's hundreds of people at Walmart and Lowe's and Home Depot and casinos and anywhere and everywhere. But I guess they love humanity more than we do. But this is where we're at. And see, that can put pressure on the church. And then what we see happen is even within the church, you can have these schisms start happening where some people... They don't want to show up. And then they think maybe you're acting irresponsibly by being here. But then the other side of the coin is sometimes by us showing up, we can think less of the people who are afraid to show up. You see, and the enemy 
can get into this thing, and he can, his goal is division. His goal is division. It always has been, and it always will be, is if he can get into the church and, and cause some, some schisms and divisions, and well, these people, and they're not because of this, or these people are doing that because of, the enemy loves to get in and work it out. And so what the Holy Spirit is communicating through John to these guys thousands of years ago, but it, to us today is this. We can't stop loving each other. We can't. We can't. We have to, we gotta, we gotta continue to love one another. So, and even through difficult seasons and difficult storms and fear that is, man, fear that it seems to be running pretty rampant, especially through, through our world right now, the church, brothers and sisters within the church, we have to love each other. We have to love each other. Even if they're not here, our love for each other doesn't diminish. It shouldn't. It should continue to grow. Your love for whoever's in this room should continue to grow as well. We need each other. And John's telling these guys, he's like, look, there's false teachers out there. There's false prophets out there. There's guys who are, the enemy's trying to get in and to wreck this thing. So how do we combat that? We combat it with the greatest gift ever, and it's love. And it's love. And this love comes from God, is what John says. This agape, this perfect love, it comes from God. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's none of that stuff. It is, it's, it's an act of a will. Okay? So we have to continue to love each other. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now here is, let me, let me navigate these waters for you real fast, okay? Because here's the thought. Well, that person's a loving person, so obviously they know the Lord. Well, that's not true, okay? What determines whether a person is saved or not is their faith in Jesus Christ, okay? And you place your faith in Jesus Christ, and John's going to lay this out for us in just a second, but the Holy Spirit takes up residency within your heart, and there are things called the, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, I mean, you can boil all of those things down into really to one term, and that's called love. So Jesus becomes your Lord and Savior, your King. Love happens. It's a supernatural thing. It's a supernatural thing. We got to define terms. Well, what do you mean by love? What do you, and we talk, we joke about this all the time, right? Because Americans love everything equally, right? Well, we may not mean it, but that's exactly, we, we boil all this stuff down into one four-letter word, and it's love. I love. I love this weather. Right? Cool. But like, what degree? Like, how much do you love this weather? Well, what are we talking about? Well, I love, I love this. I love in and out. I really do. I love in and out. I do. Um, I don't care what the argument is. In and out over Whataburger every day. Um, I'm, a, I'm born and raised Texan. I know I just made enemies, but it's okay. I will pray for you. And let the, may the Lord reveal to you who's right in this scenario. See, we throw out this term so flippantly and just like, I love this. And I, I, love, I love him. I love her. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? John is very clear. What we're talking about here is agape love. This is a self-sacrificing love that you only have because God has given it to you. It comes from God. It is a gift from God. God. You cannot work this up within your life. It comes from Him. 
But John makes this clear distinction. Anyone who loves is a child of God, this agape love, and knows God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit resides in them and is working out of them this gift. Anyone who does not, does not love does not know God, for God is love. So John is exposing. Remember, we just talked about false prophets and false teachers. How can you identify them? By love. By love. I mean, are they coming in here and, and their speech is that of like just vile and just hatred and, and just bitterness and all this stuff? It's like, wait a minute. Where's, where's the love? Where's the love of Christ within your life? Your message seems all about like hate. And I would question where you stand with the Lord. An absence of love reveals an absence of fellowship with God. Absence of love reveals an absence of fellowship with God. That's from Tony Evans. So it's like a fruit. And Jesus said, you'll know people by the fruit, by the fruit that they bear. And one fruit that should be evident within every single believer's life is that of love. It should be. I know that that's proof for me. And if you ever wonder about like, how do I know if I'm saved? Have you ever thought that? Like, am I really saved? Have you ever had that thought? Please tell me I'm not the only one. I don't think I am the only one. Multiple occasions I've had this like, I'm like, man, Lord, I don't know. Like, am I really? And, and all he has to do is take me back. All he has to do is take me back. Do you remember what it was like before you met Jesus? I tend to get along with anybody and everybody. But I know before Jesus, there were people that I hated, flat out hated. No reason, no rhyme, no reason, prejudice, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was in me. It was in me. I'm a sinner. That's where, where did it come from? Is that how you're raised? No, it's because I'm a sinner and I'm wretched. That's where it came from. That's where it came from. But there's something that happened when the Lord took up occupancy within my heart. He melted that thing away. It was like the Grinch, right? Like my heart became three, you know, it was three sizes too small, I guess, in one sense. And then it, you know, got bigger, I guess, as I received the Lord Jesus. And my love for people grew. And it was strange. And it was so evident. I mean, and that for me, that's like, that's fruit on the tree that I can go back to, that I can go back to. And I'm like, man, look how much the Lord is, look how far the Lord has taken me. So if you ever wrestle with that, just go back to what was your life like before Jesus? Because I can tell you there was an absence of perfect love. I'm going to tell you right now, there was an absence of love within your life. I don't care how nice you are or how caring and affectionate you may be. The truth is, for all of us, before Jesus, there was an absence of perfect love. Perfect love. Now, do we love perfectly? No. No, we don't. We don't. Are we trying to? I hope so. I hope we're trying to get better at this and grow at this. Because perfect love that we're going to see at the very end of this, that cast out all fear, we're working towards that to a certain extent. That's called sanctification, right? That's a process. That's a, that's a process. And, and as we grow closer with the Lord and spend more time with the Lord, then perfect love absolutely knows how to disperse or drive out fear within our lives. But love, it's a gift from God. It's a great fruit indicator within your life, but then also within the lives of other people. Like somebody shows up within your life and you don't know who they are, or maybe what they're about. 
Just watch how they treat other people. Watch how they interact with other people, and you'll learn pretty soon whether or not they actually are who they say they are. So that's one proof that John threw out there. But now he goes on to say, to kind of clarify this a little bit more for us. He says, God showed how much he loved us. Love is not an emotion. It's an action. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. A great gift from God. A gift only, only, that can only come from God. Now, this obviously is reminding you of John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's a gift from God. And this is love demonstrated. This is love becoming visible. Because God shows how much he loves us. If you ever doubt God loving you, here's your remedy. Go back to the cross. Because you cannot deny it. It's visible. It's historical. It's actually historical. It's documented. It's historical that he actually died on the cross for you and for me. If you ever doubt whether or not God loves you, go back to the cross. That's your remedy every single time. God demonstrated. He showed how much he loved us. Now, remember, the us, enemies, enemies, because Christ died for us while we were still enemies Christ died for us. That's love. That's perfect love. Perfect love is God Almighty and this beautiful trinity of God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit saying, we're going on a rescue mission for these beings that we've created who from day one, almost not technically day one, but you get what I'm saying, rebelled against us. Don't eat from that tree. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Munch, munch, munch. Like, no, don't eat from this tree. I think I'm going to do this, right? Like Adam and Eve, toddlers in the garden, right? Like, don't do that. Oh, I think I'm going to do this now, right? Like, and that's what they did. That's what all of us have done. And while we were still rebels, sinners, enemies, God displayed his love for us by sending his one and only son to die for us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it, but that's not what perfect love is about. Perfect love is not about you earning it. Perfect love is not about you deserving it. Perfect love is about a perfect heavenly father who loves imperfect people so much that he would pay the ultimate price on the cross for us. He showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Verse 10, this is Real love. Real love. Who's saying that? Is that Mary J. Blige? Anybody know? Real love. Why is that song playing through my brain right now? Real love. Searching for real love. Um, I don't know who it is, but that's just, that's me. And and kid, product of the 90s. It's going through my brain right now. Um, Yeah, this is, here I am. This is why I was a youth pastor for so long. This is, if you're looking for real love, can I tell you it's found in Jesus? It's found in Jesus. Hopeless, hopeless, red for the broken 
Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken. You've been listening to Pastor James Grizzle teach through a series called Every Good Gift. We're so thankful that you took the time to listen to Bread for the Broken today. If there's any word of encouragement in how this ministry has impacted you, feel free to share it with us. You can get into touch with us through our contact page at breadforthebroken.com. Another way that you can show support for this ministry is by giving financially to further the message of God to people near and far. If you feel led to do this, go to breadforthebroken.com and find the link for donations. If you're enjoying Pastor James's teachings and would like to hear them in person, we invite you to join us for one of our services. Calvary Galveston meets on Sundays and Thursdays for worship and Bible study. You can find directions, service times, and more by visiting our website. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. We're a laid-back church, wanting people to realize that being part of a church can be simple and uncomplicated. Our goal is to magnify Jesus at all ages. Does that sound like something that might just interest you? (laughs) Then join us this week. We hope to see you soon, and we'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. There's more to discover from this series, Every Good Gift, so don't miss a single edition as Pastor James teaches through these gifts that God gives. We look forward to next time, and until then, be thinking about the gifts that God might be wanting to give you or use through you. Tune in next time for more right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you